0: Welcome, Bird Gang. Well, here we are again on today's show. Same problem, different week. Three games now, and it's not just the losing, but how this team looks during this three-game losing streak. And it starts with what we've been talking about for a while now, the offense. Something isn't right. What is it, and what can be done to fix it? It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 365, and it starts now.
1: Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side defense, caught, and he's into
0: the end zone for the touchdown!
1: Here's Craig Grealoux and
0: Mike Jarecki. Darren Urban, azcardinals.com, his opening paragraph to his Aftermath column late last night. The pieces are the same play caller, the quarterback, the receivers, the running backs, the offensive line. How is the offense so much different right now over these last three-game stretch, all losses, than it had been for most of the season? I think, MJ, that basically, in a nutshell, is what we're all thinking right now. As we talked about yesterday on Cardinal Talk, there was a five-game stretch. 30-plus points, 400-plus yards of offense. Now they didn't win all of those games. But that is when this offense, we said, hey, you know what? They've arrived. They've turned the corner. Now, after the bye week, maybe they've slammed into a wall because now you're looking at three straight games of an offense that is underperforming and really underperforming based off the metrics when you look at the first seven games of the season.
1: Well, I did a deep dive this morning. Just I went for the first nine games and then the last three games. And, I, and again, I can, you could build stats anyway. Uh, but I just felt like, you know, uh, he's practicing, so you can't blame so much on the shoulder. We know Kingsbury's admitted that there are certain calls that he will or won't make based on to protect him. But I don't know if that's happening now. Uh, okay, so in the first nine games, they were averaging passing-wise. Kyler Murray, 263 yards, 17 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Rushing, 67 yards. Kyler Murray, 10 touchdowns, four fumbles, two lost. Average touchdowns in the nine-game span, they were averaging at least three touchdowns a game, averaging 29.3 points last three games. Passing, 204 yards, five touchdowns, two interceptions. Rushing, he's averaging four yards, two fumbles, one loss. They're averaging 1.6 touchdowns per game, and they're averaging 22 points per game now. So the numbers reflected.
0: You look at when this all happened at Seattle, 21 points. At New England, 17 points. Yesterday against the Rams, 28 points but that last touchdown that dan arnold scored with 204 left to play i think you know that's where the rams if you're a defense you certainly don't want to give that score up but of course it's one of those that you know we can live with it because at that point the game for all intents and purposes had been decided so yes there is an issue there is a problem with this offense is it broken I don't know if it's broken, but it certainly needs a jump start. And I don't know what the answer is. We all have the same questions. The fans want to know. We want to know. And right now, based off what the head coach has said post-game and earlier today, either they know what they think they can do and just don't want to share it, or they're just like every one of us, they don't know and are still trying to work through it and to a certain extent i understand that but i certainly would like a little bit more i don't know if accountability is their word but hey you know what we're not doing x y and z this is why we're not doing x y and z so we got to correct x y and z not getting that a lot from coaches and players and i think that more than anything is upsetting to a lot of the fan base because we see what we see it's not working why is it not working okay well, fix it and fix it now fix it yesterday Craig, 12 of their
1: 16 plays, 12 of 16, so we, you throw the uh, Arnold play in there, but 12 to 16 were zero or minus yardage. And the first half? 12 of their first 16 oh, plays in the game.
0: Okay. Zero or minus yards? And four straight three and outs. Now, if you want to give the Rams credit, I know Kingsbury has done it a lot, To a certain extent, he's right. The Rams were one of the better defenses in the league when it came to forcing three and outs. But I'm sorry, in this day and age of scoring left and right and teams coming back from double-digit deficits, there should be no reason any offense, any offense, should have four straight possessions of three and out. It's embarrassing, especially when you're an offense that was leading the league in yards per game, top 10 in offense, and, yeah, they're still – Very high in the metrics when you look at the entire 12 game season, but just the last three weeks, you know they're ranked with the Eagles and the Bengals. That's not where this team wants to be, and right now it's putting them outside of the playoff picture.
1: Yeah, you know where the offense ranks right now? 30th. And the last game, yes, last three games, 30th. And the only thing you really did is you added DeAndre Hopkins. Now we we know the NFL; it's a crapshoot, and we all uh, there's a reason why you know, um, even the, uh, the 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 experts or the Sharks, whatever you want to call them, they're getting it right maybe 63% of the time. Now, I think the biggest upset we had in the NFL happened yesterday in Seattle. And we'll get into that, uh, you know, more tomorrow and then we, we'll advance the, the Giants. But, it, you know, doing the post-game show with you for the last couple of years, uh, you win a game, you're going to the Super Bowl. If you lose a the game, they want to fire the coach. I'm here to tell you, King Cliff Kingsbury is going nowhere. Okay. You want to start all over again? Do you want to hit the reset button all over again? Because the reason why they hired Kingsbury and and they drafted Murray, because they feel like this can work. And I believe it can work. Okay. It it needs some tweaks. You know, this isn't a lost cause. And they still got four games to go here and listening to Patrick Peterson and some of the others, we'll see what they're made of. They know it's at stake here. So, I mean, Firing fire on this guy and, you know, we'll, we'll get into Zane because obviously that's an issue. And, you know, at some point, you know, I say he's on the roster for now. Um, but at some point, as Cliff pointed out on 98, seven, when he meets with Steve about personnel, that discussion will come up and we know they got Mike Nugent. So, you know, but to me, you got to make some tweaks here. You just, you can't, it's what do they say about insanity. You do it over and over and you get the same results. Okay. Make some tweaks. And, you know, one of the tweaks was yesterday, Hopkins was in the slot. And I asked Kingsbury today, he gave me a short answer. We're always trying to get him involved. Move him around. And I want to see some slant passes. I want to see some crossing routes. Now, again, they ran that two-minute offense uh, going with four wide, and they got some success. As he pointed out with us earlier, you can't do that every down because you still got to protect the quarterback, and they like their 11 personnel, whether it's Dan or Max out there. Uh, We did see two running backs in the backfield, but move
0: Hopkins around. This is the reason why you went out and got him and made the highest-paid wide receiver in football. He was targeted 13 times, but 11 of those targets happened in the second half. Now, he does need to be credited in the first half for attracting three defenders, allowing Dan Arnold to get so wide open. Plus, he drew that 25-yard defensive pass interference penalty on Jalen Ramsey to help set up the missed ultimately missed Zane Gonzalez field goal. So he is occupying defenses yet at the same time, we need to see the ball in number 10's hands and whether that's the quick screen pass that worked initially this season and then defense took it away and the Cardinals got away from it. Maybe you need to go back to it and kind of play this back and forth. And you know who gives first right now, the Cardinals offensively are giving way too much to the defense and not dictating what they want to do they're reacting no you need to force defense's hands and right now this cardinals offense is not doing that
1: right and what happened to christian kirk you know i thought when he came back he kind of settled things down he, he was getting a, you know a few touchdowns or maybe a three or a four game span christian kirk what was he targeted one time three times yesterday three times how many catches one yeah and andy isabella i mean i can't wait for fitzgerald to come back um Hopefully we'll know more on Wednesday. Um, But Larry is savvy enough, and really it's about his leadership, not only on the field, in the locker room, okay? We're not in there this year. We know what he means in that locker room. And sometimes he could be, you know, um, let guys talk, but also, you know, when he needs to say something, uh, again, he's not going to search you out. It's more about you asking him, what can I do better? Um, But I think the offense will settle down. I got to think Larry would have caught a couple of those passes on third down or at least got him in, you know, better um, uh, field opportunities. So, again, I know Larry doesn't, you know, get the same targets. He, You know, he, he's not a guy that's going to break, you know, a uh, 50-yarder, uh, but he's savvy enough to get open uh, because he's crafty enough. He knows how, how, how to approach it week in and week out. So I think it will go a long way from a leadership standpoint, but also I think he can help
0: him on the field. You brought up a couple of different options, different ideas, moving Hopkins around, get Christian Kirk involved. Before we get more in-depth on those ideas, and then I know there's another one that everyone would like to see, and that's Kyler Murray under center. Here is the Cardinals quarterback yesterday after the Cardinals lost to the Rams 38-28 with regard to what is going on with this offense over this three-game losing streak. Quote, we've kind of hit a wall as far as offensively. That first half of the season, it was kind of effortless. We were moving the ball, having fun, playing fast. When you face a little bit of adversity, how do you react? How do you adjust? Which we ended up doing, but it was just a little too late, end quote. And that last part was him referring to moving to 10 personnel, playing a little two-minute the entire second half, or as much as you can, as long as you're gaining positive yards and not playing behind the sticks. So he used the word that we used last week. How do you adjust the adjustments that need to be made on this offense? And I know the big one, Ron Wolfley during the broadcast and even before yesterday's broadcast kept bringing it up. Rob Fredrickson on Cardinal Talk last night brought it up. You've discussed it as well. Kyler Murray, under center. Can you make him more of a quote-unquote traditional quarterback? I'm not talking about for the entire game, not for every 60, 65 snaps. But every now and then, to give the defense a different look, and I think that's what this offense needs to do, a handful of plays that haven't been done or they go back to a year ago or even earlier this season that were working and now maybe see if they work again. Because, as you said, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, hoping for a different result. Well, three games now, MJ, that's almost a quarter of the season. In the NFL, that's a huge amount. Three doesn't sound like a lot, but that's more than a trend. This is now a problem. Yeah, and let me make
1: this very clear. When you run the uh, the air raid offense, a lot of it is RPOs and zone reads. So you have to be in the shotgun. And the Baltimore Ravens are dealing with this very similar to the Cardinals. So this year, the Cardinals have been in the shotgun 93% of the time which means 7% under center. The Ravens are at 97%, only 3% under center. Now, if you go back to a year ago, Kyler was in the shotgun 87%, 13% under center, and then the Ravens were 96% and 4%. And I looked at the Seahawks this year. They're in the shotgun 70% of the time, but Russell Wilson is under center 30%, 30%. and. It's hard to fathom that when you watch them because he's always outside the pocket. So what they want to do with the RPO and zone read, you have to be in the shotgun. Now, you know, that what they call utility players, Craig, guy that comes in, and can do one thing. I, I, again, I, I was advocating for Chris Stravler to go out there in the fourth and one, but I didn't like the moment in the game. And, and, and to me, Cliff doesn't worry about the criticism because people say you take Kyler Murray off the field and you bring in this guy from Canada. I get it, but he's, that's what he's on the roster for. He, to get that short yardage, fourth and one, he's got the body uh, to take a quick snap, and it, you got to make a decision left or right, and you, you, you nosedive where the center and guard are. So he's a utility guy. But I want to make it very clear, the offense running is predicated of being in the shotgun. But if you want to get on the, the fourth and one at whatever yard line, let's say they're in the opponent's territory, you have to pick up those and not so much pass or when you're in a shotgun, you're still four yards behind the line of scrimmage where if you're underneath center, you're right there. You don't, you don't have North and South, not East and West. We see teams do it all the time. So, and it's not second guessing. It's just more, if this team wants to, you know, they got to utilize the players they have on the roster. And I think Chris Shredler is a utility guy. Now I don't want to take Colin Murray off the field, but hey, if, I, if you want a first down, continue to drive, hey, the fans can say what they want. Um, but I'm just saying, in general, you, you have utility players. Trent Sherfield is a utility player. That's what you have on – I mean, you, you got your starters. you got your probably 27, you know, 28 between offense and defense. They're rotation guys, and they start. But there's utility guys on the roster, and I think Shreveler should be an option. Again, I'm not a big fan of taking Murray out but you've got to play to your strengths. And I think he would be effective in that. He's got to show me, but I think he could be effective. And you're talking
0: more short yardage, whether it's yard. second and short, third and short, fourth that's it. and short. That's it. I just think you can also look at Kyla Murray under center when it's first and 10 or second and seven. And these rollouts that we see successful. And I know Kyle Odegaard asked Kingsbury earlier today about it because we saw how Jared Goff was so effective rolling out, whether it was a bootleg rollout or just a stretch play to the running back or a fake stretch and then dropping back a couple of yards to throw the pass. And it was very effective because it gives the quarterback a little bit more time. The field opens up. Your line of sight is a little bit better and you have more options to utilize. Now, it's not for everyone. I get that. And let me make clear, Bird gang, I'm not saying Kyler Murray needs to be under center the entire game. But every now and then, change it up. Kingsbury's response to the design rollouts, though, quote, you always just want to play to your strengths, what you do well, your personnel, end quote. And he was asked in terms of how successful the 49ers and Rams have been. It didn't sound like Kingsbury was going to do any of that with Kyler Murray, at least anytime soon. Now, maybe this is something they look at in the offseason and into next year. But you have to do something to change what this offense is showing you because it's the same thing, possession in, possession out for three straight weeks, and it's just not working. It's not consistent. Yeah, but again, if you want to run those waggle plays and those stretch
1: plays, as you pointed out correctly, and then the the bootlegs, you have to be
0: under center. That's how it works. I just wonder if it's too late in the season for something. Is that too much of a dramatic shift for this offense and this coaching staff and their philosophy with what to do with Kyler Murray and the rest of the team that that is such a 180 that, hey, you know what? Let's just go instead of 180 degrees, let's go 15, 20 degrees as an alteration as opposed to this huge makeover. It's a valid
1: point, but I think there should be tweaks. I'm not – you can't do this during the season. As I, we pointed out, this is who they are. So um, there's tweaks you can – and it's based on matchups. It's based on who you're facing. You know, they play a 4-3, three, a 3-4. Three, what do their corners look like? Um, but, again, no, uh, I, I would say tweaks. If, if you want to try to implement that in the offseason, fine. I, I get that because they're, they're going to have to figure it out from a standpoint of, you know, uh, when you're number one in, in yards uh, per play and then you were number one in rushing, and they're still, you know, they definitely dipped. Um, but they're still, you know, uh, feel like they can line up the football, which has the past. But I, I think
0: more tweaks than overhaul. Berging, if you haven't, make sure you update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app more as we continue here on this Monday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Looking back and not only the loss to the Rams, but this three-game losing streak. You talked about tweaks, so let's touch on a couple of those that you've already mentioned briefly, and it's the other players, the other skilled players not named Kyla Murray. DeAndre Hopkins, whether you move him around a little bit. Christian Kirk, what happened to him? Why has he disappeared over the past two games? And obviously yesterday as well, went back and look, he played 60 of the 64 offensive snaps, had one catch. MJ, without Larry Fitzgerald on the football field, Christian Kirk is your number two wide receiver. And if the Rams were going to take DeAndre Hopkins out of the loop, then naturally you should look to number 13. Yet he wasn't there. Now, when we watched the game, is it okay? The quarterback didn't find him. Or was Kirk not open? Is he not running the right routes? Kingsbury, again, earlier today, asked about the spacing with respect to the wide receivers. That certainly was an issue when they went to 10 personnel because that was a little bit of a departure from what they've been used to offensively. I think we're pretty set here that it's not play calling. It's not play design. But the execution of what is being called, players aren't in their right spots And that goes for all 11 because it only takes one player to kind of derail an entire play call and then ultimately an entire set of downs.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I just I look at it from move Hopkins around. I want to see some slant routes. I want to see some crossing routes. Um, I do think um, when you look at uh, their two corners, I mean, they've done a good job and they got some young safeties there. Uh, referring to the Rams, uh, they were able to take Andy Isabella out of the game. And I think just having Fitz on the field allows Kirk to really play on the outside. And that's where we see the deep ball. And, you know, Larry can work the intermediate routes, the first down marker. And then you got Hopkins, obviously, if you want to go, you know, slant pass, but I just, I, I thought when Christian Kirk came back, it really settled the offense, but I'm going to make the same claim. When Larry gets back on the field, it's going to change a little bit. Teams are going to have
0: to defend Larry Fitzgerald. True. But these offensive issues had already existed prior to Fitz landing on the reserve COVID-19 list. I get what you're saying, and it certainly might help, but this goes back a week, two weeks before Fitz was even out of the equation. So it's not like he's going to be the elixir here and fix everything he'll help, but it's not going to solve everything.
1: No. And, and again, uh... I'm not calling him a savior. I'm just saying, you know, just based on his experience and the teams will have to defend him a little bit different. I mean, that's all I'm saying. And we know that he doesn't get a ton of separation, but he's crafty enough and savvy enough to make those catches. And that will allow Christian Kirk to maybe just, you know, pressing to where I have to make a play every time they throw it to me. And then, you know, if they want to go four wide, then he bring out Isabella, um, but Isabella snaps. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, they need more out of Christian Kirk because that he, he technically, I mean, whether, whatever they do in the off season, um, Chris, K- Christian Kirk's going to go in there as the number two receiver next year. If Larry decides to hang it up, I mean, we'll find out, I guess, you know, sooner rather than later, but if Larry hangs it up, Christian's your number two. And uh, I don't think Andy Isabel is a number three receiver right now.
0: You look back at the dolphins game and Christian Kirk had over hundred yards receiving and one touchdown. Since then, over the past four games, 12 catches, 98 yards, no touchdowns. And the past two games, four catches, 21 yards, no touchdowns. That is not what the Cardinals signed up for when they drafted Christian Kirk as a slot receiver, potentially to be an outside receiver down the line. And then if you don't have someone else outside of a DeAndre Hopkins, then if you're an opposing defense, they can just focus on number 10 and then make it really difficult for Hopkins to get off. And I think that was what was happening yesterday and certainly frustrating for him. He did get 1,000 yards, so congratulations, DeAndre Hopkins. He's over 1,000 yards receiving. But my guess is, based off how well he started this season, I didn't think it was going to be week 13. Heck, it could have been week six, week seven when he hit a 1,000 yards receiving, and here we are in December, and he finally reaches that milestone.
1: Well, and I thought, you know, just you, know, you look at projections, and, you know, we talked about it last night. I mean, he's got 61 more targets than any other receiver on the roster. And, and there are games that I think there's four or five, six games that he's been targeted over 10 times, and, and I would continue to go to him. Um, so, I mean, it's just, again, I just think, they're going to do a better job moving him around because I, I I believe that he can win those matchups. And, you know, Cliff, Cliff seems open to it, um, but he would have to average 100 yards per game to get to that 1,400 because he was projected about fourteen to 1,500 yards. So in, he was averaging about 100.2 per game. Now it's, it's taking a dip. Um, he normally leads the entire NFL in targets. He's not he, – he's probably third or fourth overall in targets now. So, uh, I would continue to try to move him around, but he definitely is a big part of the offense, and 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 I just think that it will open things up for other guys uh, if they move him around, just because I don't know what the illusion is, just ha- having him line up on the on the X, which is on the outside, and usually it's on the left side, and to me, you know, we know Kyler can make that throw from the hash mark on the out route, um, but move him around, force the teams to change their coverage, and if a team says. Where he goes, I'm going, I'm traveling with him. Great. Then I, I'll, 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 I'll take another side of the field then, you know, I'm not forcing it, but you know, like, like Larry told Kyler last year in the bubble on the flight plan, I may not look like I'm open, but just throw it to me. And you're going to take some chances. And I always think, you know, we talk about the vertical game and maybe, uh, you know, I was spoiled. We were spoiled with Arians because, you know, so they always say, say take seven to 10 shots down the field. I don't know if you can do that. Let's say, uh, four to six, you may get a pass interference call. Cause if they're not going to make the, they can't get to the ball, they're, they're going to grab him. And sometimes you get, you know, great. I'm not a big fan of you get it at the one yard line, but that's the NFL rule in college a 15 yarder. Cause if you know, you're going to get a good beat, you're going to, you're going to tackle the guy and they're going to get the running game going again without well, Kyler Murray.
0: Yeah. And let's, bring that up here as we continue on Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals as we look at what Kyler Murray does when he is running the ball effectively if he carries the ball eight or more times this team is six and one when he carries the ball less than eight times this team is oh and five he says repeatedly he doesn't have to run to be effective all right take him out of the equation, then Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds need to carry the load. In fact, Drake brought that up late last week when he was asked about it. If they're going to take away Kyler Murray, then the onus falls on us as running backs to carry the football. Now, do they have the rushing lanes? Is the offensive line, in other words, doing its job against four, five-man defensive linemen looks? Or are Drake and Edmonds not reading what they have available, because there were a lot of times watching that game back earlier today that you run up the middle or even try to get to the outside. There were a heck of a lot of white shirts around the football. Now, is that the offensive line not getting off its blocks and pushing the defense back on its heels? I don't know. Or the running backs just slow to read where they need to be. I don't have the answer, but that run game overall, with or without Kyle Murray, has not been good over this three-game stretch?
1: No, and again, during the nine-game uh, first nine games of the season, he was averaging 67 yards a game on the ground. He had 10 rushing touchdowns. Over the last three games, 15 carries for 61 yards. That's about four yards pop. And no touchdowns. Rushing. He has five passing and two interceptions, two fumbles, one loss. Um, and again, they're only averaging – were there, averaging three touchdowns per game during the nine games. And as we pointed out, the points go from 29-3 to to 22 overall.
0: It's just amazing when you look at numbers because you're looking for reasons why things are happening, and then you come up with a trend, and then you present this, and then you're told, well, you know, we don't believe that, or this is not the case, and we don't think that's what's happening. But something because teams, other teams are looking at these numbers and like, look, Kyler Murray, when he's running the football, they're very good. All right, just not allow him to run the football. And they're not because, as you said, when that rush is coming upfield, they're rushing further up on the left or the right along the edges to make sure Murray doesn't break contain. So then the onus falls back on the quarterback to figure things out. And that brings up another question. Is Kyler Murray not reading defenses at the moment? is he seeing things that he hasn't seen and he's slow to react? Because even if you're a split second slow, all of a sudden that window to get the ball to the receiver is closed or all of a sudden that pocket collapses and you get sacked. Murray faced a lot of pressure yesterday. Rams defense, very good. 34 sacks coming into that ball game. Yeah, some of that falls on the offensive line. Does he need more time? I think all quarterbacks would love to have. Sometimes you're just not going to have a lot of time. You need to be quicker with your decision-making.
1: Well, and, and people want to know what they did offensively in the second half. Well, he was getting rid of the ball quicker. That was He was holding on to it. I mean, there was a couple of plays he should have made the throw earlier. I want to say the Isabella play. You got to throw that earlier. It, it was tight coverage, but throw it earlier. And, and these guys got to do a better job coming back to the ball. Yeah, I mean, it, it, like I said, though, they got to get back to run the football and win in the line of scrimmage. And, you know, I also want to make this clear. Cliff and Collar are still learning. Okay. Everyone was ready to write off Baker Mayfield. They, they, they bring in Kevin Stefanski, who obviously has worked with quarterbacks in the past. Um, they have talent. They've had talent on that roster. But people were ready to give up Baker Mayfield. And, and I mentioned to you, when Stefanski got that job and he was able to meet with him, it was a come to Jesus conversation. It's now or never. This is on you now. So this offense and people don't want to hear, it, but they they they'll they'll tweak it, they'll add some talent to it, and but you can't do it now. You got to you, you can't just overhaul your offense, which they're not going to do. So Cliff's not going anywhere. Collar's not going anywhere. Um, people have to be patient. They're still in the second year of this system, and it takes time. I mean, they didn't have the luxury of sitting uh, Patrick Mahomes for a year. They didn't have the luxury of you know Lamar Jackson taking over for Joe Flacco midway through the season. When he arrived at Sky Harbor, they handed the keys to him with a Porsche or Maserati. So people are and, and what were people's expectations, Craig? I think first of all, we both said that we thought the Rams were going to win. We weren't hoping the Rams were going to win,
0: but we knew it'd be a difficult matchup. It's just how it looked. Yeah. And that it's 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 going back to the eye test. How do right. you perform, even if you do lose do you look good doing it and you can put some window dressing on it and you can look forward and say you know what we see progress uh, progress is not being made no. here over these last three games
1: no the, the off the offense is in a funk and they'll be the first to tell you they can use different words they're not in sync there's no rhythm what's the identity um, but you let you have to let these guys grow though we live in a microwave society we want instant results I think I going into the season who knows if I thought they would win the first game, but I thought it'd be a tone setter. And then you, you look at the Washington football team, and then you thinking, oh, you know, you got Detroit and Carolina. But I thought they were a seven to nine win team. The th- problem is when you get out to five and two and six and three, people start talking about seeding and playoffs and MVP. We're not talking about the MVP anymore. We know that wasn't realistic. At least I think you were in agreement with me when we when we heard the study that it was you have to win thirteen games. And Right now, St. Patrick, Mahomes, and, and Aaron Rodgers are toe to toe. Russell Wilson's out, and Derek Henry's out. But you got to let these guys grow. It, people just want they want to start over. And again, I appreciate the passion and the energy that people call in a post game show because to me they're true fans. But it, it it's you got to you got to be patient here. I mean, it, the start over again. This is ridiculous. I mean, you're always going to have coaches that you know assistant coaches now. You know, you look at Tom Clements, he's on a two-year deal. Um, Cam Turner, to me, is, is really qualified to, to possibly get that. I don't know what they're going to do. And, and that's not a conversation for the offseason. But I'm just saying, um, you got to be patient here. I mean, it, this is not going to happen overnight. There's a reason why they moved on from Josh Rosen. And and I stand by that position 1,000%. Imagine if Josh Rosen was leading his team. I don't even want to think about it. So, Uh, there's no second guessing on that. They made the right decision. You hire Kingsbury, you get Murray. And now people have to be patient though. I mean, they're, they're not even into their third year. And because you got off to a five and three and six and two start, all of a sudden expectations change. What were your realistic expectations
0: during the year? And I think you nailed it right there. The expectations heading into the season versus what the expectations were when you're playing the Seahawks with first place on the line in the NFC West, because then that changes the entire narrative of the season to where now you're on the outside looking in to where if this team does not make the postseason, you can say it's not only a disappointment, but you failed. And If they, if you, they if you, go 8-8, eight,
1: eight. I mean, on paper, okay. but it's disappointing because you were 6-3. and three. That's a disappointment. Listen, as we I pointed out last night, not only are, are is people in the organization from top to bottom; they're not only disappointed, they're frustrated. They are frustrated what's going on. And again, you can't crawl in the corner. You got to come out. You got a game next week. And so, you know, Patrick said, you know, I, I believe some of the leaders in that locker room. And Larry gets back there again. Not a rah-rah guy, but he 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 has an observant
0: eye. He knows what's going on. We will see, and hopefully that is definitely the case coming up because now all of a sudden it's a four-game sprint to the finish line, and right now the Cardinals are on the outside looking in. Bird Gang, if you enjoy Cardinals Cover 2, we invite you to subscribe to all of the Arizona Cardinals podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. By doing that, not only do you get Cardinals Cover 2, but Cardinals Underground, the Big Red Rage, and the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Go to azcardinals.com/slash podcast for more information. A couple of items here that we've briefly touched on, but I do want to close up the show with more on two items. And one is Larry Fitzgerald and the prospects of getting him back this week. Kingsbury, quote, we're hoping to have him back soon. End quote. And that is basically all we know at the moment. We're hopeful. And you would certainly think that after two-game absence, as long as Fitz is doing all right, and that's the only thing that we know of right now, that he'll be back at some point this week. And then, as we discussed, hopefully that can settle things down with respect to the offense. The other issue, Zane Gonzalez. Now, this is something that is maybe something that is still up in the air. So, depending on when the Bird Gang listens to this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, a Monday edition here on this afternoon – that things may or may not change because we got two different answers to the question of Zane Gonzalez and his future with the Arizona Cardinals. Kingsbury was flat out asked by the media earlier today about Zane Gonzalez. Is he your kicker? The quote was, Zane is our kicker. Moments later, he did his coach's show on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station with Bickley and Marada. He was asked, about Zane Gonzalez, and then gave this response, quote, when Steve and I get together to discuss personnel, and that will be a topic I'm sure, we have to make those kicks, and we understand that these teams are too good to not get those points there, end quote. I don't know how to read into that versus what we were told earlier in his weekly Zoom session with the media, but obviously this is something that is going to be discussed today, tomorrow, Maybe for the next couple of days, but you can't keep having these missed opportunities when three points doesn't sound like a lot, but instead of going into the locker room at halftime down 14-7, maybe you're down 14-10, and maybe the game is different. Maybe you feel a little bit better about yourselves going into the locker room and coming out, even though the offense played so horribly in the first 30 minutes of that game on Sunday.
1: Those two quotes you read, and this is just me connecting dots, everything's on the table. And it should be. Yeah, yeah, it should be. Now, I I mentioned this last night, and it doesn't mean anything. I don't even know if Zane Gonzalez went in the locker room. Maybe he went in there just – maybe just to go to wait. There was only 720 fans. But he was out there, Craig, for almost the entire uh, halftime. And, you know, he he has uh, something – a little device that holds the ball. And he was going from 40 to 45 to 48 to 50. Make it. Now, again, it's the pressure. It's like, you know, he, to me, kickers, um, you know, when we watch practice, they kind of just stick together with the punter and the long snapper. And now you got Mike Nugent, who's 38 years old in the practice squad. So that could be an option. But um, I'm, I'm, I'll am i say this. I'm sure his, his fans are so upset I think it's tenfold how Zane Gonzalez feels going in that locker room. I mean, you never say it's a team game, and we know it should not come down to that kind of stuff. But because it's the NFL, games come down to that kind of stuff. So whatever you're feeling upset, I get it. Um, you have every right to voice your your thoughts, but just keep in mind it's tenfold when it comes to Zane Gonzalez.
0: He is now eight of thirteen on. I guess you could call it the money down or the money distance between 40 and 49 yards. He only has missed six kicks all season. The other one was a week one kick of over 50 yards. But in the NFL, successful kickers are very good, 80, 85, 90% on 40 to 49 yards. And it is the difference between a win and a loss, as we've seen, just recently here with the Arizona Cardinals. But you're right. No one feels worse than Zane Gonzalez. And as Rob Fredrickson brought up on Cardinal Talk, the miss earlier against the Patriots was wide to the right. His miss yesterday against the Rams was wide to the left, meaning he's overcompensating, meaning he's thinking about it, meaning he's worked on it and said, this is what I have to do. And maybe he overcorrected himself in the second quarter of that game yesterday so now you're left wondering what is going to happen and I'm sure Gonzalez is wondering as well
1: well in the Buffalo game it was short yes and he looked at Andy Lee and said I don't know what just happened so yeah I mean again if you're going to be in close games uh you know, we, we always pick out five to seven plays every game, Craig. I, we can go back to our shows on Monday. You pick five to seven plays out, you, you know, whether it's momentum or,
0: you know. And he's been on that list for the last few weeks. We go back to how this season began and where they were just not too long ago as far as right there at five and two and then six and three and fighting for first place. And now you're an eight seed. And
1: and, and I listened to Wolf and he said, you know, we, we shouldn't be talking about playoffs. Now to me, I understand what he's saying, because I thought the same thing would just win a game. I mean, just win a game. I mean, that, that will go a long way. Um, But there is, there is a big carrot at the end here. And that carrot is to get in and, and, and really they think if they can get in there and their offense, now we know it, it changes. You may have probably have to go on the road and weather could be a factor. And, you know, did you play this team prior? Do they know about you? Um, but that, there's a carrot at the end though. And, and I think the players realize that because we, as Cliff pointed out, and you've been on it shoot for, since October, meaningful football. It's great in November. They were one and three. But December football, and at this point, if they they limp in, the whole idea is just to get in there. Every team's goal at the start of year is to win the division because you host a playoff game. With the NFL expanding, now you just want to get in the dance. And then hopefully you can make some noise because nobody will pick the Cardinals. Look how they finish the season. Don't worry about that. Win the next game. That's the most important game on the schedule.
0: And it might be the most difficult for the Cardinals because of where they find themselves right. But you're exactly right. There's work to be done. They'll be on the practice field Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And then later on Friday, head to New York for the second time this season, MetLife Stadium to take on the Giants. One more quote, this one from left tackle DJ Humphreys, and I think he sums it up very well. Quote, we're not on the same page as a unit. We're all off kilter as a unit. It's a perfect storm of a lot of things end quote. The Cardinals right now in that storm trying to figure out a way to weather the storm and get back on drier land. On that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jurecki. I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.